Thanks for tuning in to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO and the president of BBB Serving Western Ontario. And later on the program, we're going to talk about the Better Business Bureau, who we are, what we do, and how it works to be an ethical marketplace where buyers and sellers trust each other. Our guests on today's program will help us buy a home and keep the landscape around it looking great. And later, Jason Zare of Rural Roots Landscaping will join us. He'll help us understand what to do to maintain our lawn and gardens throughout the summer. But right now, we welcome Mark Craig of OMAC Mortgages to guide us through decisions that we have to make when we're arranging a mortgage for a home purchase. Welcome to Ask BBB, Mark. Thank you for having me. Unless we want a huge lottery, we are likely going to arrange a mortgage when we buy a home. Where and when should we start the process? As soon as you start thinking about buying a home, that's the time you want to talk to your mortgage professional. Uh, It's something that people tend to put the cart ahead of the horse. It's always much more difficult if you find that dream house that you've always wanted and then you find out you don't qualify for it. It makes it a much more heartbreaking process. So I always recommend as soon as you're thinking about doing something, get in touch with your mortgage professional. Well, earlier this week, we heard an announcement about a change in the Bank of Canada overnight uh, interest rate. Does that change things for mortgages, Mark? It does. The landscape's changed a fair bit in the last year, particularly around variable-type mortgages. We we had a long period of, of prime not changing leading up to last summer. And as our economy's improved, we've certainly seen the Bank of Canada taking action to stem that improvement. Um, we're now on our fourth move in the last year. Uh, Bank of Canada just this Wednesday actually raised uh, the overnight lending rate by a quarter to one and a half percent. Um, and if history is any indicator, then uh, the prime rate will likely be moving to go along with that. So that will increase our prime rate from 3.45% to 3.7%. So that's going to impact your people on variable rate mortgages. So it's not going to impact your fixed rates because those, those are more tied to the bonds. Uh, but your variable rate mortgages will likely be moving and going up in cost. There have also been regulatory changes regarding the amount of down payment and mortgage amounts related to income that is allowed. What's the current situation? Uh, yes, certainly there's been a lot of changes recently with regards to to qualifying and affordability. Um, the most recent set of changes that we've seen come out uh, are in regards to the benchmark qualifying rate. So it used to be if you were putting down 20%, you had more flexibility in qualifying. And now everybody has to come out, uh, qualify with the higher rate that the government has come out and set for people. Uh, so it's currently 5.34%, whereas in the recent past, you could actually qualify what was called the contract rate. So meaning the rate that you're actually getting is the rate you could qualify at. So say right now, if you're qualifying at 3.19% is the rate you're actually getting, whereas you have to qualify at 5.34. So they put a stress test in to make it so that the uh, the rates don't get away from people. That's their big concern and that our market doesn't become artificially inflated. When you talk stress test, what what is that? What's... So just meaning that in case the rates happen to go up, they want to make sure that affordability, that people can still afford their homes. When we saw what happened in the United States in 2008, mm-hmm. uh, where there was a huge amount of foreclosures and defaults, they're really trying to create a system where when rates go up, it isn't going to make it so people can't afford their homes. Okay. OMAC is a mortgage broker. Uh, how do brokers operate and what, what's the difference between dealing with a broker as opposed to dealing with a financial institution like a, a bank? So basically in dealing with a broker, it's more of effectively a one-stop shop. So we have various providers of mortgage financing. We have banks, we have finance companies, we have trust companies, we have mortgage uh, mortgage type lenders that are specific just to mortgages. Whereas if you go to one institution, you only have the products that they offer. So you don't have a whole suite. It's the suite of their products, but not more of what the market has to offer as a whole. So when you come to a mortgage broker, you're looking at, you're letting them know what you're looking for as far as what's important to you. Obviously, there's considerations of rate, 
uh, features of the mortgage and that type of thing. But certainly, it's more just being able to go to one place, build a relationship with that person, establish what your needs are, and allow them to shop on your behalf to most of the major providers of mortgage financing. How are mortgage brokers licensed and regulated? We are licensed by the Financial Services Commission of Ontario. Um, so basically, it's a governmental institution that legislates what's required for us to be able to be licensed to do what we do, the education required on an ongoing basis to maintain what we do. Uh, and they are our regulatory body as well that oversees us to make sure that we are operating within the rules that we're supposed to. Do you, do you help arrange private mortgages? I certainly do. And, and mortgage brokers, and that's, again, one of the advantages of, of dealing with a broker is that we do have access to different sources of funds. Private lenders are certainly becoming more prominent now and you've probably heard about them in the news more um, because certainly with the changes in our economy, affordability again has become an issue. So therefore, alternate type, uh, alternate types of lending are becoming a little bit more prominent. So you have individuals that look at mortgage lending as a very viable source of investment for them because they do have something to secure their investment. So say the private lender uh, will secure your property as collateral for the loan that they're giving you. They will do things sometimes that a conventional institutional lender won't do. So it makes a big difference in, in opening up opportunities for people that may not qualify for a conventional mortgage or an institution-backed mortgage but still allow them to be able to either keep their home or buy a home because they do them in both first and second. So it, op- it opens all that up for them. How do we determine what our monthly housing budget should be? That's probably the most important thing I do when I meet with my clients. It's something we sit down because most often when someone walks in to see me, they want to know what can I afford? What's my maximum? And and I try to stop them right there to say it's not so much what you you know qualify for but what you can actually manage. So typically when I sit down with people, I ask them what they're paying now in rent and, and you know, are you saving based on what you're paying right now? Because if you're already not saving, then probably taking on a larger obligation isn't going to make sense for you. So typically, I'll, I'll do a small budget with the client and find out you know, what their costs are and how much they make and how much disposable income they have so that we can review really what they can manage much more than what they actually can qualify for. Mark, what are some of the things that we should consider when we're choosing a, a mortgage broker then? It's certainly something uh, – I find the largest portion of clients that, that come to me are, are usually directly referred to me either by other clients or other professionals that I deal with. Um, referrals are important because that way you, you're dealing with somebody that, that has already dealt with that person and they're able to say, I went through the process with them. I found it to be very beneficial. Um, and certainly that's, uh, that's usually the biggest part for me and, and just getting somebody that you get a good feeling with. Well, we want to thank you very much for taking time to consult with us this morning on Ask BBB, Mark. Thank you very much for having me. Our guest has been Mark Craig of OMAC Mortgages, a BBB accredited company with an A-plus rating. And after a short break, we're going to return to do a little lawn care. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Well, here we are, midsummer. Lawns and gardens are in full bloom. What should we be doing now to maintain that lawn? Jason Zare is the owner of Rural Root Landscaping and joins us now to help us spruce up our green thumbs. Welcome to Ask BBB. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Linda. This is the time of year when lawns are turning brown and weeds are popping up. Besides watering, are there things we should be aware of to help keep our lawns green? I tell my customers every year, um, in the springtime, you really need to pay attention to how much grass you're actually cutting. Uh, the cutting height is very important. So preluding to our hot summer months, uh, which actually came early this year, but you want to try to cut a quarter of that grass growth and not too much before uh, the, the warm weather so that you can keep your lawn nice and long. 
Also, keep your blade sharp and cut in a different direction. Each time that e- you cut. Each week. Uh, do a lot of people make the mistake of cutting too short then? Yes, I find that's very popular in uh, a lot of homeowners. They'll want to cut it so it's like a, a putting green, but uh, they don't realize it's just hurting their lawn. Uh, we, w- we always focus on root growth. The longer the blade of grass, the deeper your root will grow. And the uh, sharp blade, what's a sign that your blade isn't as sharp as you think it is? If you look at the tip of the blade of grass and it looks ripped or teared and not a clean cut, that'll be a good indicator. There will also be brown on the uh, edge of the serrated grass blade. Okay. Your company, Rural Roots, provides a, a very complete landscaping services, Jason. What are some of the things that we should be doing on a on a weekly basis that that you do for your clients? Um, for grass, uh, we'll start with grass. the The lawn needs watering. If we don't have uh, enough water on that lawn, uh, it's it's not frequency, but it's the amount. So we try to aim for one inch of rainfall per week to be ideal. Uh, we want that water to go deep and not necessarily uh, a lot of small burst of water. Uh, For gardens, uh, you want to get a good start in the spring, so focus on getting good start in the spring. Uh, Do your weeding and mulching early, and that'll prevent 90% of your weed problem if you get a good layer of mulch as well, keeping moisture into the ground. When the mulch breaks down, uh, it will form a compost which will blend in with your existing gardens. What Rural Roots Landscaping does on a weekly basis, our lawn maintenance crew has a schedule, and that schedule is basically the same every single week within the hour uh, of cutting. So it's important if you're a homeowner, cut the same time every single week. If you need an extra cut, then only cut a quarter inch every third day and then go back to your weekly after it's done growing. For garden maintenance, it's a little different, but we still schedule weekly or bi-weekly or um, monthly on a schedule to keep up with the weeds and or uh, keep up with all the pruning. So there's different pruning for different uh, shrubs and perennials and for trees and uh, cedars, evergreens. So it's just follow a schedule. Does there come a time when you need to consider ripping up the lawn and starting over with new sod or reseeding? Good question, Linda. I've had that question come to me many a times via email or Facebook or even our uh, phone calls coming in. So to answer that, uh, the biggest question is when is the best time? I am a firm believer that fall is the best time to repair any kind of lawn, whether it be reseeding or sodding. Anything done to your lawn is the best in the fall. Your ground's warm and the air is cool. And we don't have to worry about hot weather, whether we have to water or not. If you're able to be there constantly, reseeding is going to be your healthiest way for your lawn to get better, uh, you guys focus on health of your lawn. So reseeding would be the best. You you gotta 
keep it moist all the time. Versus sodding, uh, it's instant green. You have to water all the time. It cannot dry out. So that's why I feel the best time to do anything to your lawn, whether it be aerating, top dressing, overseeding, resodding. Uh, the best time is in the fall. Jason, your website uh, features a couple of really neat quotes. Uh, one from William Lawson. What is paradise but a garden, an orchard of trees and herbs, full of pleasure and nothing but delights? And the other says, if your home is your castle, your garden should be your paradise. What What are homeowners doing to create that uh, paradise? What are some of the things you can do? Uh, Jim, I find that in the past few years, the trends have, have changed. Uh, people are spending a lot more money at home uh, versus traveling. So I, I find myself a lot in backyards. Uh, everybody has a vision. Uh, we try to work with those visions and create a, a another extension to their home, another uh, a, another garden or another kitchen. Um, whether it be big or small, it could be just a garden makeover. Uh, half a day in and out, and we change the scope of everything in the back, which they enjoy. Or it could be a two-week project where hardscaping uh, – patios and steps and walls and uh, forming gardens and a whole backyard around a new installed pool or existing structures. So it, it, our goal is to curate an outdoor oasis for our customers. Well, Jason, you've provided some good information for us. And if we want to see more of the, the work of uh, Rural Roots, we can go on your website and check that out. Uh, thanks very much for being with us this morning. Thank you, Jim and Linda. I really appreciate you asking me out. Our guest this morning has been Jason Zare, who is the owner of Rural Roots Landscaping, an accredited business with a Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. And we'll be back in a moment to talk about the BBB, the Better Business Bureau, who we are, and what we do. And welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Well... What is a Better Business Bureau or BBB, Linda? A Better Business Bureau or BBB is a nonprofit that is made up of a group of businesses who have gotten together for the promotion and protection of legitimate business. Everything the BBB does is designed to strengthen reputable businesses and at the same time protect the public. BBB's job is to make sure every dollar spent in its jurisdiction, is spent with legitimate businesses who embrace values of trust and integrity. Okay, so how does the BBB do that? What, what does the BBB do? BBB helps people find and recommend businesses, brands and charities they can trust. Uh, people today are overwhelmed with choices and often unsure about where to find verified, unbiased information. There are more than 30 million businesses in North America alone, and hundreds of thousands of sites around the world where people shop online. There are thousands of free and subscription websites that offer a range of information, including reviews, reports, directories, listings, and gripe sites. The Better Business Bureau is the one place you can find it all. Linda, how, how long has the BBB been around? Uh, we were originally called Vigilance Committees, or Advertising Clubs, and the first Better Business Bureaus were established in the early 1900s. Mm. Their goal was to correct advertising abuses. In response to marketplace demands, BBB quickly expanded to monitor business performance and provide consumers with vital information to avoid the pitfalls in this marketplace. The BBB monitors the marketplace for deceptive advertising 
deceptive sales tactics, fraud, misleading charitable appeals, and fly-by-night scams. So businesses can apply for accreditation to become part of the BBB. Do do BBBs uh, monitor accredited businesses for continuing compliance with the standards, Linda? Yes, we do. Every BBB accredited business is monitored for continuing adherence to BBB standards. Prior to renewing a business, BBB does a thorough investigation to ensure they are adhering to the code of business practices. There are several principles a business must agree to adhere to on an ongoing basis and include building trust, advertise honestly, tell the truth, be transparent, honor promises, be responsive, and safeguard privacy. So what happens when a business isn't honoring any of these standards, Linda? We try to work with those businesses as best we can to set them on the right track. But if a business refuses to stand by the standards, their accreditation is revoked. Okay. Uh, Now, BBB's rate businesses, we see, we always say that uh, our company is one with an A-plus rating. Uh, uh, What goes into that rating? The BBB grade is based on BBB file information about the business. BBB ratings are dynamic and change based on the number of marketplace factors. Several factors that go into that rating are complaints, time in business, advertising issues, a business's response to complaints, government actions, and more. Uh, What can BBB do to stop ripoffs or scams that we talk about? Although the Better Business Bureau does not have legal and policing powers, we provide information about marketplace fraud through alerts on scams to the public. We educate consumers and business owners. We work closely with local, provincial, and federal law enforcement agencies, providing them with valuable information on potential frauds. We are often the first organization to know about a developing scam and alert authorities and the public. When a scam develops in one part of the country, the news travels quickly between BBBs in the U.S. and Canada that in turn alert the public in their respective communities. So if a person knows about a scam, what can they do? BBB has a scam resource center where you can report and research potential scams. If you think you may have been scammed, go to bbb.org backslash scam tracker to report the scam. Once we receive the scam report, we investigate and report on it to warn the public. Well, that gives us some idea of what BBB is and uh, how it functions, Linda. Um, And, of course, uh, people can get more if they go to bbb.org. Linda, many of the businesses that are accredited by the BBB and support the mission of creating an ethical marketplace have been part of the BBB over a lot of years. And right now, uh, we'd like to take time to acknowledge some of the businesses uh, that have achieved milestones of 25 years or more with the BBB. Congratulations to Jeff Campbell and the staff at St. Thomas Rental. On July 10th, they marked 34 years of accreditation. On the 18th of this month, Waltech Drainage and Strathroy will mark 32 years. Congratulations to John Strafanis and his staff. On July 5th, Chris LaFleche of LaFleche Roofing in London marked 28 years. Teamster Trailer Sales and Service in London will mark 27 years of accreditation on July the 30th. Sackwall Flooring in Woodstock achieved 26 years on July 2nd. And Johnny Rondelet and the staff and family at uh, Johans Brand Source in Strathroy achieved 25 years as an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau back on July the 7th. 
Maintaining accreditation over the years is a major achievement. Each of these businesses has established and maintained business practices that adhere to the BBB standards. Reaching these milestones is significant for the business and also for their customers. Congratulations, and we are thrilled to acknowledge this accomplishment. And Linda, that's about our time for this edition of Ask BBB. You can always ask BBB. Uh, visit the website at bbb.org. Or contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBBWesternONT. If you are a business owner and are interested in becoming a BBB-accredited business, call us or go online to bbb.org backslash western-ontario and become part of one of the largest business networks in North America. So until next time, I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.